Senior Farley Mecco, turn right at 120, exit to the Dallas. It's IFR Flight Radio. 120, If you have questions about how to talk to air traffic control while flying IFR, we have the answers. Here's 4 Sierra Romeo, turn right at 8090. Here's your host, Jeff Canarish. Welcome back. Or if you're a first-time listener to IFR Flight Radio, welcome for the first time. I'm so glad you found the time to spend a few minutes with me. This is the second show in an ongoing series. What's it all about? Well, I'm here to help you become a better communicator with air traffic control when you fly IFR. Today, let's talk about how to remember what ATC just told you to do. To kick off the discussion, consider this ATC clearance from Houston Center. Comanche 448 Juliet Mike, reduce speed to 160, then descend and maintain 9000. The Galveston altimeter is 2986. That's a lot of information. How are you going to hang on to it? First, before we answer that question, let's consider how ATC typically gives you a clearance. A controller will almost always tell you what to do in the order he wants you to do it. Note in this example, the controller first wanted you to reduce your airspeed and then descend to an altitude. When a controller has multiple bits of information to give you, he will generally limit his delivery to three sets of data. In this example, he gave you an airspeed assignment, an altitude assignment, and an altimeter setting. This is good for us because under most circumstances, humans can remember data, particularly numbers if they are received in sets of three. For example, if I gave you this number sequence, 448-726-031, I'll bet you could repeat that number back to me without any trouble. Here, let's prove the theory. Repeat this number sequence to me, either out loud or to yourself. Ready? 521-467-830. No problem, right? Now, repeat this number sequence, either out loud or to yourself. Ready? 3 Seven two eight five six two seven nine. How'd you do? That second sequence contained exactly the same number of elements as the first sequence, but it was much harder to hang on to and repeat, right? Memorizing and repeating data in sets of three is just more natural for us. But here's the problem with that theory. In our original clearance from ATC, there are actually more than three sets of data. True, there are only three numbers, the airspeed 160, the altitude 9 or 1000, and the altimeter, but there are additional data sets thrown in there. In addition to the numbers, you also have to remember to reduce airspeed first, then descend and maintain an altitude, and, although not critical, ATC also informed you the altimeter setting originated at the Galveston reporting station. That last data point may not be critical, but since you heard it, it will compete for space in your short-term memory. Houston Center, we have a problem. How do you hang on to that information long enough to repeat it back to the controller and then act on it? If you're like me, you probably have a pretty good short-term memory that is brain capacity that holds on to information for about 20 to 30 seconds. What? You thought short-term memory held information for a day or two? Well, I used to think that. I used to say... I'll just cram for this midterm test because my short-term memory is good. I'll be able to recall everything for the test tomorrow morning. And after a couple of days, I'll probably forget everything, but by then, who cares? I didn't know it at the time, but what I was really talking about was long-term memory. Truly, your short-term memory only hangs on to information for only about 20 to 30 seconds, 
and then it either transfers to long-term memory or it evaporates and is forgotten. I've cited the research that supports this statement in the show notes for this show. And if you happen to be listening to the show on iTunes, go to ifrflightradio.com and look for the show notes for this show titled Hanging On to ATC Clearances at the website. All right, here's what we know so far. We've established ATC will give you clearances that contain no more than three sets of data, but there are usually additional bits of information in a clearance that add to the data load that you have to memorize. We've also stated most people can hold data in short-term memory for about 30 seconds. After that interval, the data either registers in long-term memory or it goes bye-bye. So even if you manage to read back to ATC, Comanche 448 Juliet Mike reducing speed to 160, then descend and maintain 900,000, 2986, because you can recall it from short-term memory, you may not hang on to all of that information long enough to actually act on it. By now, you're probably thinking, well, there's a simple solution to this problem. Why overcomplicate it? Don't worry about whether the clearance takes up residence in your long-term memory. Write the clearance on paper. Okay, let's talk about that. Generally, writing your clearance on paper works well, assuming first, you have a writing instrument close at hand. Second, you can take hold of that writing instrument and position it over paper without fumbling or dropping it on the floor of the cockpit. You can disrupt your instrument cross-check long enough to write information in a conveniently positioned piece of paper and without compromising aircraft control. And finally, you can write quickly and legibly enough to read your own notes when you reference them minutes later. So if you go the pen on paper route, I have some tips about how and what to write when you get an ATC clearance. First, don't write more than you have to. For example, if the controller says, descend and maintain 9,000, all you have to do is write 9,0 or even 9. If you get some oddball altitude assignment like 4,700, you could write 47 knowing the first digit always represents thousands and the second digit represents hundreds. When told to descend and maintain an altitude, some pilots feel compelled to draw an arrow down and to the right that represents descend and maintain. Uh, Let me ask you this. If you are presently at 10,000 feet and ATC says descend and maintain 9,000, how are you going to get there and what are you going to do once you get there? Well, going from 10,000 to 9,000 implies a descent and then a level off in altitude. There's no need to spend extra time writing the obvious. The less you write on paper, the less time your eyes will have to spend away from a solid instrument cross-check. Even if your airplane is on autopilot, you're still obligated to keep your instrument scan going to ensure the autopilot is doing exactly what you expect it to do. The one-size-fits-all answer is to write the absolute minimum so the paper in front of you does an adequate job of acting as your long-term memory. Now that I've said all that, I want to tell you I'm not a fan of writing ATC clearances on paper while flying, especially when I'm flying solo IFR. I find looking down to write disrupts my instrument scan. I often fumble with the pen, and more than once I've dropped it on the floor. So here's an alternate solution that I prefer to writing on paper. If my cockpit is set up to do so, I will write my clearances directly on the instrument panel. No, I don't mean I'll take a grease pencil and write data on the forward panel. I mean I will adjust the bugs and markers on my instruments to reflect the clearance I've been given. 
For example, if ATC says, turn right heading 220, as soon as I hear this, I'll set the heading bug on my heading indicator to 220. If ATC says, descend and maintain 900,000, I'll set my altitude bug to 9,000. Or if my aircraft has an autopilot with a programmable altitude setting, I'll set 9,000 in the altitude window for the autopilot. I'll do this whether the aircraft is being flown by autopilot or not. If ATC says maintain 160 knots, I'll set the speed bug on my airspeed indicator to 160. If your cockpit instrumentation is not set up with marker bugs, there's a solution. Several pilot supply companies, including Sporties and Aircraft Spruce and Specialty, offer instrument markers or reminders that attach to the face of any round dial instrument, such as your altimeter or airspeed indicator. I know that sounds goofy, but they really work well. I've included an illustration of the product and a link to the companies that carry them. Best of all, a set of two instrument markers costs around $10. That's a very cheap expenditure to help you note and remember an ATC clearance. So here's how the process of marking an ATC clearance on an instrument panel looks in practice. Comanche 448 Juliet Mike, reduce speed to 160, then descend and maintain 9000. The Galveston altimeter is 2986. I set my speed bug to 160, I set my altitude bug to 9000, and I spin 2986 into the altimeter. Now all I have to do is remember that the speed reduction comes first, then the descent to the marked altitude. And as a bonus, the whole time, my eyes are exactly where they need to be on the instrument panel, not on a piece of paper clipped to the yoke or attached to a kneeboard on my lap. Now all I have to do is read back the bug settings to ATC, remembering to add the modifier that I will reduce speed first, then descend. It sounds like this. Comanche 448 Juliet Mike, reduce speed to 160, then descend and maintain 9000, altimeter 2986. Questions? Other ideas? Write to me at jeff at atccommunication.com and we can talk about it. And speaking of questions... In our last show, I asked you a question. This is what I asked. You're inbound to an airport with a published standard terminal arrival called the Candy 5. As you approach the vortex that defines the beginning of the arrival, the controller at Chicago Center says, Twin Cessna 553 Uniform Mike, proceed via the Candy 5, descend and maintain 9000. You read back this clearance and navigate along the route for the Candy 5. You also begin a descent to 9,000. Then you notice 20 miles ahead on the arrival, there is an intersection with a published crossing restriction of 8,000 feet. Here's your question. Given your clearance from Chicago Center, would you descend to cross that intersection at 8,000 feet? And here's the answer. When a controller tells you to proceed via a standard terminal arrival, he means follow the routing only. He will retain control of your altitude and airspeed as you proceed on the route. In our example, the controller told you to descend and maintain 9,000. You should do this and ignore any altitude or airspeed restrictions published on the arrival. In our example, the 8,000-foot crossing restriction on the arrival is not applicable. Ignore it and follow ATC's instructions.
Well, one air traffic controller who listened to this broadcast and said a controller who says proceed via should be slapped upside the head. He said this phrase is too easily confused with the phrase descend via. It's a setup that may cause a pilot to make an unauthorized descent to meet a published crossing restriction. Here's the deal on that. You'll find in the United States, most controllers avoid using proceed via because it does sound similar to descend via. Most U.S. controllers, to avoid confusion, will say, for example, join the routing for the Candy 5 arrival, descend and maintain 5,000. However, if you go south of the border, controllers in Mexico, Central America, and South America have no problem at all with saying proceed via. Because the possibility of you hearing the phrase is always there no matter where you fly, I wanted you to be aware of its meaning and its potential for causing confusion. It's a good lesson in being careful to listen for what is actually said and not falling into the trap of hearing what you expected to hear. Let's wrap up this edition of IFR Flight Radio with another question of the week. You are on radar vectors to the ILS Runway 6 approach at Dutchess County Airport in Poughkeepsie, New York. The published missed approach procedure for this approach says... Climb to 3,000, direct the Kingston VOR, and hold. Continue to climb to 3,000 in holding. The weather is VFR, so while on base leg, the New York approach controller says, Comanche 8 Juliet Mike, the airport is at your 2 o'clock and 9 miles. Report the airport in sight. You see the airport and say, Comanche 8 Juliet Mike, airport in sight. To which the controller says, Comanche 8 Juliet Mike, turn right heading 030, you're clear the visual approach, runway 6, contact tower 124.0. You acknowledge this and then contact tower. Tower clears you to land. Here's your question. If you had to discontinue your approach for any reason, would you expect to fly the published missed approach procedure for the ILS runway 6, or would you expect tower to give you climb out instructions? Think about it. And we'll discuss it in the next edition of IFR Flight Radio. And if you would like to cheat and learn the answer early, the answer, along with everything else you need to know to talk to air traffic control while flying IFR, is in my new book, Radio Mastery for IFR Pilots. It's available now at Amazon.com. Music for the show was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com on a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you're flying this week, I hope you have high ceilings and smooth ride conditions. I'm Jeff Canarish for IFR Flight Radio saying be well, keep in touch, and fly safe.